one. Welcome, everybody, to another episode here on XPod. We have today with us the man, the myth, the legend, John from Silicon Valley, the Owners Club. John, thank you so much for being here. Let's get this party started. Who do we have with us? Would you guys like to say hello, and then we'll let John introduce himself. Yeah, Alex here. Happy to be here. Want to learn all about... Yeah, I'm Sir Merritt, co-host of XPod, and I'm looking forward to sort of diving into just the whole Tesla Owners Club experience and just learning more in general. Yeah, it's Jessica here, and I actually just recently joined um, the Owners Club here in Switzerland, So, but I haven't really participated yet actively, so I'm really excited to hear all about it. John here, uh, president and founder of Tesla Owners Silicon Valley. We are obviously based where the current headquarters of Tesla is, so... All right, let's get this started. John, so what is an Owners Club? Let's just start with that. What is that all about? Yeah, so an owner's club is really, really about kind of uh, where the customer journey kind of goes uh, after, kind of after you, you you get your first car or really you can also be an enthusiast. So the owner's program was around, you know, when we also had a lot of Model 3 reservations. So it's not only for current owners, but it's also for uh, future reservation holders as well. So like we, you know, we have a couple of Cybertruck um uh, reservation holders, but really it's like, it's about the community it, where you kind of live locally um, and really getting involved. Like, so there's a bunch of things. Um, I don't know if you just want me to go off specifically, but you know, it's not only making an impact kind of on your local community. So it could be like national drive electric week, right? You know, our club has gotten a lot involved in uh, with a couple other nonprofits to really bring people to kind of come and drive multiple EVs. Um, it's also too, you know, Earth Day. So you could do like beach cleanups and other things like that. So it's not only about like kind of like the impact, but really it's it's also just about um, as you become an owner, like what's next? And I think that's what, you know, I personally like love about the program. What I love about our club is, mm. you know, we become, you know, that next stop, especially given Tesla's business model today, where it's really, you know, they don't have a marketing department. They don't have this like huge, you know, customer support overhead. Um, but, you know, really kind of in a lot of ways, uh, the club gets to kind of be, you know, the, the kind of the point experts um, on like ownership and can answer any questions. And again, as owners, we love our cars, right? I mean, we all know how special the Tesla community is. And so uh, when an owner gets to talk about their Tesla, you know, the, they'll, they'll pretty much stop whatever they're doing to tell you about it. So that's really kind of like what our club is about, really what the owner's club is about. The, the whole owner's program is really just like about having, um, helping obviously Tesla's mission, but also to just becoming um, a point of contact for, for new owners. Yeah. And really, again, hopefully making a positive impact on the community. Yeah, I mean, that's a great answer. And what an awesome, awesome uh, topic and ambition and uh, purpose for having a club. Uh, I've recently joined the club here in Norway myself. And for me, um, it's been very good because I got to meet a lot of the people who have some of the same interests I do. And I think in terms of um, helping onboard new owners, it could be very beneficial. What's the typical questions you guys get sort of on a daily basis running the club? What are the sort of... Uh, the most common questions people ask when they enter the owners program? Um, they, they always, a couple of things is, um, you know, where should I get my. My I back. I think we may have lost John for a second. Oh. 
I, you guys can you hear me? You're good now. Yeah, we can hear you now, but you cut out for a, for a little while. Okay, sorry about that. So the typical questions we typically get are, you know, where where should I get, you know, my window tint done? Where should I get my wrap done? Or what are the key accessories that I should be, you know, accessorizing my Tesla with? Um, and then also too, you'll get random questions of like, you know, just basic usage of the car. Like, how should I? Uh, you know, what, what are the like seat profiles that I'll use? Or, you know, people will just have questions with like, Hey, where, where's like the emergency, uh, you know, disconnect for my charger, like, you know, in the, in the back of the model three. So it can kind of span anything, uh, which is great because, you know, we can, again, we can have answers for all of those questions, but really it's, it's probably more of like just asking like, the basic questions of like, where should I get my car? Like, where's a trusted place that I can get my car worked on? And most importantly, like, how should I accessorize my? I was wondering if you could, if you could maybe fill us in a little bit about like the history of the Tesla Owners Club Silicon Valley. You you mentioned earlier that you were the founder and the president. So how did you get to found that this club? And how's the whole like uh, organizational structure? Uh, uh, like I, I know there's presidents, is there a vice president, so on and so forth. So how, give us a little bit how it started and what are the inner workings of a club, if you might. Yeah, of course. So um, specifically Silicon Valley, uh, you know, we, we started back in October of, of 2018. That's when we officially became a, like official, you know, partner to Tesla. Uh, we were unique in that, you know, we were already kind of doing meetups here and there, but really kind of the claim to fame is like how we started was like via Twitter, right? Like I, I got my model three back in uh, July of 2018. And like, you know, I was like, Hey, where, <laughs> where's everybody at? Obviously Elon Musk is on Twitter. So that's where I started. And um, Trevor from model three owners, uh, that was his handle at the time, or it still is handle, but it's more um, Tesla on online owners or Tesla owners online. Um, you know, he actually started retweeting some of my stuff so that ultimately we could kind of like get enough members um, to really join. And again, we were unique in that, like, again, we were kind of viral in how we started. Um, so that's really kind of where it took form um, and where, again, we're kind of unique. Um, but ultimately, you know, we got our 25 bins, had a couple meetups, and then obviously then we got into the program. Um, and kind of how it's structured. Uh, so we're, our club is officially just cause we've gone to the point now, you know, we're, we're North of like 3000 members. Um, I think across all our social media platforms, we're like, what is it? Like 180,000 followers across the, all the social media. And obviously the main one is Twitter. Uh, but you know, we, we, we're coming to events now where we have minimum a hundred cars showing up 67 cars, whatever. So we just got to a point where there was just too much liability to just do these like random car meetups. And so we had to become a nonprofit to ultimately like get insurance. And so when you become a nonprofit, you have to have a board of like essentially a board of directors, board of trustees, whatever. So currently we have like myself as the president founder. And then we have Kelvin, uh, who's our vice president. He's kind of like the, my right-hand man. Um, and then we have uh, two others, Tesla Raj, some of you may know, a uh, good friend of mine. And then also uh, yep. Tim, um, oh my God, Tesla. Um, he's got he's got our track car. It's all decked out, Tesla or Silicon Valley. Um, so that's how it's made up uh, now. It used to be six, uh, but you know, just as kind of the club has grown, people have just kind of transitioned. Um, but that's how it is that kind of makes up the board. And then from there, obviously, then you have like more, we haven't like 
set up any officers or anything like that, but that's kind of how our club structure is right now and how we kind of started. And do members vote for the board or how, no, how does that work? Um, I think, you know, every kind of club can be different, but um, it really, cause we haven't mm-hmm. gone to the, the paid, uh, the paid tiers yet, um, which some people can do. And then you could give a voice, but technically as a board, you can share out to kind of like have more membership involvement or not. We haven't done that quite yet. Cause again, we just got incorporated about a year ago and from for us, we've it took us about two years to really like build this foundation, and then from there, it's kind of like as you guys saw with like the Tesla takeover and some of this other stuff. You know, we're we're really now empowered to kind of go do the things that we've kind of always n- dreamed about doing, if that makes sense. So, um, yeah, it's something that could be possible for the future, but not something. Okay, and last little question before I give it back to Adam. Sorry, sorry for interrupting. But um, so, are are the members? Uh, is it a paid membership, or how does that work? Or is it different again from club to club? Yeah, every every club is different. So our club right now is just freemium. So when I say we have like north of like three thousand members, that's uh, it's all free me- free membership. It's just like through our mailer and through uh, people that have signed up. Um, but at some point, some of these clubs, they get to like, you know, just like, for example, if we have a holiday party, if you're gonna have 150 people, you typically have to pay just like an upfront fee. So a lot of these clubs, they need to actually charge for membership right now. Uh, we've gone the paid sponsorship route. And so we, you know, we have like eight plaid sponsors that help fund things, um, like basic things, you know. event this next weekend Um, yeah i just received a call you're Uh, cutting out go ahead go ahead you're back you're back i don't know what that was um but so um we we've gone the the sponsorship route and so that helps us pay for a lot of the, the fees that come up um and more of not only the fees but just like if we're doing like cars and coffee we can just go buy a bunch of coffee and donuts without asking members to to pay for anything Oh, that's nice. Adam, you want to take it back? Because it's very exciting to hear about the club where it is today. But sort of where did it start from? And and have you noticed a sort of difference in the club, obviously, from being mainly S's and X's and and maybe more uh, high end in terms of cars to having a broader population and more accessibility to Tesla through the Model 3 program? Uh, has it changed the way you guys work as a club today compared to what it was in the past? Well, we, we started really with the, the three wave, right? The model three wave. And so our group has always been younger in that it's more of like the young millennials and like techies, if that makes sense. So the model three really inaugurated this huge new wave of owners. It became more affordable in a lot of ways. I mean, obviously 50,000 is still a lot, but uh, you know, originally the people that were owners before were all S and X owners. So you definitely had that wave like of, of you know, just kind of the, I guess the, the old kind of, yeah, I guess you could say older crowd, but b- based on when we started, we had a, a huge mix. And again, I would say it's, it's definitely a, a heavier mix of like three and Y owners, which would kind of make sense. So as far as like the club morph, it again, it has always kind of been, already heavy set on the model three owners 
And so we really haven't seen like that much transition, but we're seeing more and more of it now with the why, especially as that, I mean, that, I mean, I'm seeing whys everywhere and that's like the perfect family car. So we're just seeing more and more members, but again, the, the range of ages spans um, all over the place. But whereas originally a lot of the SNX owners were, I guess you could say probably like older and um, more on like the, um, like higher income and all that stuff, right? Because the cars are what one hundred twenty thousand, one hundred thirty thousand dollars. Yeah. And and you know you've had a phenomenal growth in your club, and I think a lot of other clubs have also experienced that, which is awesome. But where do you think sort of the club will be in, let's say, three to five years time? Let's say that, that you know we keep turning out threes and and Ys, and there's a compact in a few years. How do you think the club will look like once you get to I don't know five, ten, fifteen thousand members over the next five years? Have you any ideas and thoughts about where you want to take it from here on? Yeah. I mean, I think for us, like right now, our big event of the year, like, and this again kind of happened in the past, like three months is going to be this takeover, right? It's going to be, we, you know, we had literally a thousand people and cause we, we charged for entry fee cause obviously throwing a thousand person event is going to cost money. So we had 924 paid adults at this past event. It's going to grow at least next year. We're expecting 2000 people. Um, so for us, like, again, whatever we built, irrespective of like the amount of people that join our club and, and whatnot, like, we just want to make sure we can kind of meet all of the people's needs. So, you know, the things like we've, uh, put in place for communication, for example, are Slack, uh, Facebook, and then Google group. Cause again, there's, you know, some people that are part of the delete Facebook culture. And so, uh, we just want to make sure that we're like that one stop that you come after you purchase that you can get all the information that you need and talk to other owners, to other like-minded folks. Um, but yeah, it's going to be wild. I mean, when, when it does go to, to those type of numbers, I think the biggest thing for me personally is just making sure that I find the right leaders and empower them in whatever way that I can to make sure that it's not all on me. Cause that's how it kind of was really for the first two years, like every single email that went out, you know, coordinating, like we're, we have over 40 volunteers that are going to help out uh, with deliveries. And this is the first time in a year and a half that we're doing this. And it's a huge privilege. And I never actually never thought it was going to come back. Uh, But again, a lot of that used to be on me. So the big thing is just like, how do we scale? And then also to like continue to partner um, in a way uh, that really helps Tesla, again, push the mission forward. So, you know, one of them has been uh, doing, we do a quarterly new owners orientation. Uh, we had uh, we had over 40 new owners this past time kind of come through. And again, it's just about education, walking them through uh, the, the, the major functionalities of the car, have them ask any questions. Um, and again, kind of just exposure, like, hey, this is who the club is, this is what we do. Um, so I think it's just going to be more of like, as we uh, continue to scale this club, it's like the needs are going to be different, but making sure that we have like, however many people come through, like we just have something that's scalable, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I'm thinking, you know, as you become bigger and bigger and, and onboarding new members is obviously very important, having an access point to the community and, and being able to to learn and share experiences with each other is, is obviously a huge advantage. But do you think you know, at, at some point it becomes so big that you could be, and I mean this in the positive sense of the word, a, a political factor? Could it become so big that, you know, um, it would be relevant to, um, 
you know, whether it's to get EV incentives going on a state or local level, over the towns to you know lobby towards more EV domination to be able to add Teslas, etc. Do you think it could be a a, a, a to use a, a commercialized but a platform to to be able to accelerate the mission essentially? It kind of already is. I mean, that's what, if you just look at the engaged platform, if you literally look at like what it says, it's literally like, that's kind of why they built that. But the owner's program, like, yeah, there's, uh, for example, there was, um, you know, um, I think this one tax bill that was going through where they wanted to start charging EVs to start using the carpool and some of these other things on this interchange on like 237. And so there's a lot of ways like build things like that, that our club can get involved. Um, you know, if you look at some of these other states, um, the clubs are very much a part of helping push that mission forward. I know the Wisconsin club, the New Mexico club, I mean, they obviously found a roundabout way to do it there, probably pissed off even more people by doing, going on, um, going on uh, Native American land. But, you know, the clubs are definitely already very much involved in that, especially California is a little bit easier. You know, we still have our things that we got to fight here. But, you know, some of these states like, I mean, Texas is a perfect example they're, they literally have Gig Austin going up there, but they can't technically sell, you know, a car in the state or, you know, have or, you know, so it's just like, and I, but I know that those clubs are very involved uh, in the politics there to like, you know, help push the mission forward. So it already is. But yes, I, I think I think it really club by club basis. California, again, we're kind of in a better sphere, but there's definitely things we have been involved in. Like uh, one example uh like, you know, one small thing could be, and this could, uh, one small thing is like, you know, Los Gatos was, uh, was kind of pushing friction uh, on not expanding the network. And it's like a huge, you know, um, there's a ton of Teslas that come to the supercharger in downtown Los Gatos. And so, you know, all, all we have to do is say, Hey, call this number, make your voice heard. And I'm not, I don't think that we necessarily help push it over, but we definitely let our voice be heard. Um, and I know they got at least like 70 calls just to say, Hey, we want the Los Gatos supercharger to expand. I know Santa Monica, you know, I know the, I think the Los Angeles club and other people down there have been involved in that um, when there was some pushback on that. Right. So, you know, the clubs are, I think without being like part of the Tesla thing, you know, it's, it's just a great way again to, to be like a third party to come in and help push the mission. Yeah, that's why it's so important. And we're all very grateful what the clubs do. I just, one question before I bounce it back to Alex, you know, you, you've been in a very active club. It's become a very big club. You've done so many things, but what would you sort of point out on your personal level has been sort of the highlight? What's the one thing you think was the most fun to do just from, you know, your experience, but what was the sort of the, the most coolest thing you guys have done that you enjoyed the most, John? Yeah, I think um, I I would personally say just um, probably so two things. I'll give like one from a club standpoint and, then two, you know, two, maybe a personal standpoint. One is like just being a part of the deliveries. Um, you know, it's very few times where you're going to go you literally show up to buy something that's 50, 60, $100,000. And to be able to have our club and even myself be involved in the conversation to uh, talk about that new person. It's like kind of like almost like Christmas day, right? You're that kid that's like ready to get your car and you're so excited. And so to be able to actually go and talk to an owner 
um, again, that's helping support um, the mission. And again, being, you know, just to kind of like walk you through, I think that's kind of been, I think what we've probably enjoyed the most um, on top of, again, all other things. And I think probably from a personal standpoint, uh, you know, I enjoyed uh, also to being a part of like the FSD beta. That's like on top of doing all the stuff we've done for the club, then to actually be pushing data into the, into the AI that's feeding Tesla's like um, neural net or whatever is just been probably a personal. Yeah. I, I, I just want to mention uh, before we continue a little bit, we'll, we'll have a Q and a afterwards. So I've seen people like call in. So wait, wait a little bit and there'll be a whole segment at the end uh, reserved for that. I want you to talk a little bit more about the takeover event. You're, you're saying it's going to be a yearly event. So every year, can you tell us a bit about what was the cool stuff at this year's takeover event and maybe tease out what do you guys have planned maybe for next year's event? Cause yeah. I, I know you, you thought about it. I know you thought about it already. Well, we already have a date. July 16th, 2022. Madonna there and be there. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah. So no, yeah, we've already like, uh, I mean, just based on the success that we had this past year, I mean, we had, uh, I mean, a guy, uh, Christopher Lee, the dude drove out from Florida. We had, um, forgetting his name, salty Tesla. That's his handle. He drove up from Kansas city. We had people literally like coming from out of state, um, and all over the U S. And so, um, what we really like, so this, this pasture was like, kind of like, we had no idea what we were embarking on. We had no idea, like how big this thing was going to be, what the perception was going to be. Uh, we were like, ah, I hope 300 people come. Um, and then again, like we laid out before we did that, we laid out like, okay, these are the potential costs. And, and, you know, again, hoping we get like maybe 300 people. And then, so what we really, you know, this all stemmed from the fireball takeover we did. That's the, I mean, it's probably not anymore. It was the largest one in North America for a while, if not the world for a while. And then, you know, all these like Tejon Ranch and Her- uh, Tejon Ranch or Tejon Pass and Harris Ranch, all those things are like being blown up right now. Um but, you know, we just did like a quick takeover. We wanted to have like all cars at 56 stalls and do like a takeover. And we had like 120 cars that came to that. And, you know, we had a, a couple of like people from all over California and we're like, we should just do, we should just do like a big California takeover. Cause they have on the East coast, they have, I think it's like EVs and T. I know Trevor's a part of that. And I, you know, I've always like, ah, that'd mm-hmm. be cool to do a West coast one. And so, uh, it was really kind of more again, to be just a chill vibe, like come hang out with Tesla owners. We did get a bull to see how bullish you were like a mechanical bull. Uh, you know, we had a, a bunch of bouncy houses and things like that. Um, so, you know, it was all, it was fun and we had a ton of giveaways, but next year it's definitely going to be more like, uh, we'll probably have, um, like more, more things like focused on like, like kind of like almost like not classes, but like come learn about charging. Right. And then, you know, like a whole like spill on that for like 45 minutes or come learn about how okay. to like detail your car. So just like a lot more specific. Cause uh, you know, people were, you know, ready to, they wanted to learn more. Um, people actually were like wondering like, Hey, 
you know, we would love to have more like we would love to be doing test drives here because some of them were actually ready to like purchase a Tesla. So as funny as it was, it's like as much as it was a Tesla owners like meetup, people were like actually ready to buy a Tesla. I mean, that was like some of the feedback that we got after, you know, we did the survey. Hey, it, pretty much. It's butts yeah. and seats, right? Pretty That's much, what right? sells. So um, it was just one of those things where, so we'll definitely have it more curated that way. And then I think, um, so it'll definitely be more specific. And I think we definitely want to have a better presence of vendors, uh, more like trinklets. So one of the things we got back in our survey was like, people were ready to accessorize and pretty much just shell out cash for things. And so we had a good presence, but it was like, we at, for, again, the way this event was, we had no idea how many people will show up. So it was like, we were just trying to pull any vendor we could get. <laughs> uh, whereas mm-hmm. next year it'll definitely. Yeah. For first events, there's always yeah, hard. Because exactly. you, ne- next one should be the, and I also know for have organized some, some of these types of events, like the logistics and organizing everything. It's like a madhouse, especially for the first one. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was really cool. Uh, you know, I, I have to give a huge shout out to just our club board, like Kelvin specifically dudes, like, uh, he literally handles a lot of our marketing. I mean, he does it professionally. Um, and like, he was able to like map out everything. Uh, he did all the marketing event, everything. So it's just like, it really mattered. So for us, it was personally, it was just really cool. Like we were just up on, we were standing on stage and I was like, dude, this is wild. Like there's like literally a thousand people in front of us. And so it was cool to be the club that helped put it on. Yeah. Did all the back, the background stuff. Right. But Yeah. Yeah, uh, like next up, I, I, I think because I, I follow you on Twitter, uh, so I, I see a lot of what's going on. I know y- your your club is very much involved in charitable and fundraising events. Like, could you mention a little bit how uh, how y- your role in all of this is and how, what the club does to help uh, people in need? Yeah, and I'll just give a little bit of background. So, again, because you know our our club has you know running the handle, you know we've had a really strong uh, pulse on the Tesla community in general. It's really helped us to really have, again, meeting a lot of people um, like uh, where we can, again, just see all the different various things happening. And so because of that, uh, you know, two things have kind of happened in the past year. Uh, the the whole Texas ice over, right? Um, our, our club, um, you know, helped raise yeah. uh, north of, I think it was like $10,000 north of that. Um, just on like again and it's also to to the amazing community through social media that just like gave into that but you know seeing that huge need um seeing literally people without electricity without food and water um and again seeing owners that we know you know again through test you know the twitter community just being impacted like just kind of like spark something in you where you know you just want to do what you can to give back and i think you know as you What's the, what, what's the term they always say, you know, because let's say the following has kind of grown to what it is now, like, you know, comes certain responsibilities. So, you know, for us, it's like, as a, you know, for Tesla, just looking about, we just want to give back to the community in whatever way. And Austin obviously is kind of where, where Tesla is focused on right now, as far as with the Gigafactory and, and all that stuff. So it was just like an easy way. And it literally took me, what, two yeah. minutes to put up something. And the next thing you know, you you have people from all over the place just donating and you realize this is just so much bigger than you could have ever dreamed right so that was kind of like the first real pulse on it and then the second one uh 
that we just did. Uh, Louisiana had Hurricane Ida, and specifically Johanna, like she, uh, she was impacted by this herself. And again, it just took, um, I know they had already done some campaigning, but literally kind of, we kind of came late into the game of like, hey, we're doing this GoFundMe. But literally we started this GoFundMe and then literally in 24 hours, we had $5,000. And that money literally went to like uh, one specific event, or, uh, multiple, multiple things, but one specific event where I think 150 families came out, they were fed, they were given uh, resources, plus like I think a Walmart card. And so it's just like stuff like that, that again, um, our club... Yeah, exactly. You know, so just just be grateful back. for what's been done to yeah, you that's and awesome. giving back. Do you find that other like clubs that's set up around the world as as they're starting to set up, do they reach out to you to sort of get help in setting up? Yeah, yeah, they they definitely have. I mean, our club has helped launch what at least four or five, and then you know, as far as like our hand, like we've sent out two in the Bay area. Uh, we helped out with the South Florida one and then the San Joaquin one, we were heavily involved in that. And then a lot of the other ones that the clubs that have, uh, started, you know, like I think Riverside reached out some of the, some of these other clubs have reached out like, Hey, what works, what doesn't. So yeah, we definitely want to be helpful in whatever way to make each club as successful as possible. So here in Norway, it, it seems like the club often cooperates with both the Swedish and Finnish sister organizations. Do you guys do a lot with the other clubs as well? Uh, you mean specifically like in Europe and stuff or? No, like local other clubs. I've seen sometimes you have more than yeah. one club banner, et cetera. Do you get together and hang out and travel and visit each other? Yeah. And so, I mean, stuff goes on between. ones are. No, no sort, of, sort of what kind of stuff do you guys do together or? Um, do you, do you sort yeah. of go visit each other or what, what kind of activities yeah, so, together? Yeah. So the ones that are close by are obviously the easy ones, right? So like this weekend we're, we're doing a Tesla photography day where you can bring your car, get it photoshot by a professional photographer. They're actually the ones that help create dog mode, the dog mode videos. Um, I know the owner of the, 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 the dog owner um, of the dog that was actually in the video um, so like, you know, so come get your like, you know, car professionally shot specifically, but it's also a hangout. So we're going to have like the quick bandit, you know, a guy uh, named Larry who does Tesla Frank, and then it's like auto R and D, uh, they're kind of like performance shop. So it's just going to be like, Hey, come hang out, kind of get a behind the scenes look of, you know, this, uh, this specific studio that's been involved in creating, Tesla content, but also to just come hang out. We're going to have best coast burritos there as well to kind of, you know, help with the food and stuff, but that's with the East Bay club. Um, so obviously that's the easy ones. We've done drives with the North Bay club, which is North of the San Francisco bridge. Um, we've, we've obviously done things with my Tesla adventure. Um, so it just kind of depends, but like, for example, uh, what's awesome about the program and really just being about a Tesla owner, but really when you get involved in the program, one of the awesome perks is you're almost inheriting a global family. So I've been to the Netherlands. Um, I went into Belgium. I didn't get to, to, uh, to meet them, but I met like, you know, the people involved with the Netherlands club, um, wasn't able to meet up with the Belgian people, uh, the Belgian club. 
Um, and then I was, you know, I've been to, to Japan, met the, the leaders there. Uh, Taiwan, I'm pretty close with uh, Michael. It's partially also I'm half Taiwanese. And then uh, I know Hong Kong just launched, but I, I went there before, you know, they had an official club. So it's just like one of those really cool things. I've been to Dallas, you know, I'll meet, I met those guys. It's just kind of like, uh, and then I went to Florida, uh, met up uh, Rafael, you know, Testatino. So it's just cool. Like, you know, when you get involved in the community, um, you know, you just kind of inherit this like global community. Um, and so that's one of the, the great perks about the Tesla community. So for example, like, let's say I was moving to Austin or so, a member was moved to Austin. It's almost like you could literally hook them up with the Tesla owners of Austin. And then, you know, whether I'm making this up, like whether they needed a realtor or, you know, potentially suggestions on moving companies. Like I know that that's suggestions that they could give, like, you know, within a snap of fingers. Right. So um, it's just a huge resource when you're involved in the community. So, you know, that's one of the, the amazing perks of the, of the, the program. But one thing is helping the members out. You guys also help out the company as well, right? Cause I recall there's been videos of you guys actually stepping up and, and helping out during end of quarter pushes. Is that correct? Yeah. So we're, we're just supporting, we're helping support uh, new owners that are coming. So yeah. So we're going to be helping out at this end of the quarter. We have over, you know, 40 members going to support deliveries um, over really the peak day. So it's going to happen uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then next Wednesday and Thursday, we have, over 40 members within certain time slots that are going to go and again, just be a resource uh, to these, to these new owners in whatever way. And really, um, you know, be um, kind of just a way to just like speak from like a third party of like, Hey, this is how you use your car. Cause as, as we all know, like Tesla owners, they want to talk about. That. Yeah, exactly. I got to say as a shareholder, every time I hear that, uh, Tesla club is getting involved to help Tesla in the end of quarter push. Like, yeah, I feel proud of being part of this community and seeing that, you know, you, you guys are like this, uh, this army of that spread across the world. That's there to like push the mission, help the company onboard new members, uh, onboard new owners. Four times a year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, I don't know. It's like, it makes me, makes me proud of being part of the, this community. And uh, yeah, just wondering, like, let's say somebody has, yeah you know, has never had any contact with any owner's club and like they're buying their Tesla or they have one on order and they don't know how to, you know, approach, like what would be the best way you think for them to, to like join a club? Yeah. So engage platform is one. That's a huge one. Engage.tesla.com. Or if you want mm -hmm. to be able to even search globally, go to tesla.com backslash owner's club. Um, you can actually see okay. like, a huge map that, um, uh, William from really the, the owners, he runs the owner's program from Tesla's perspective. Um, I believe he created that. And again, you can look at a global map of just like where all the clubs are. Okay. And basically you would have contact information there and you just call or you just like show up to there to, to is there like a physical address or, uh, how, how does that, yeah, work? there's, there's an email and website mm -hmm. that, uh, um, okay. So you reach them to there. Yeah, exactly. Let so, but again, the engaged okay, that's platform cool. is, a, is a cool way too, is the, you know, all, all, all the clubs are being. 
Okay, uh, Jessica, did you want to jump in? Yes, please. So, Chalam, when you, you mentioned that you founded the club in, I think it was October 2018. Was this like the first official Tesla owners club back then? No, not at all. There's been some clubs like, I think, Ontario, the Los Angeles club that have been around for a long time. Um, so what was unique about ours is obviously because we're based where the headquarters was. So when I found out about obviously the owner's program, I was just shocked that there wasn't, you know, like headquartered here, but there's, there's a, um, you know, a NorCal Reno one that kind of like overlooked this area, but no, there had been clubs that are around for, I think seven plus years. Don't quote me on the number, but um, it just kind of all, you know, depended on when they, when they joined. Okay. Yeah, I, I actually just looked it up, like the um, the owners club director you mentioned, and it's crazy how many clubs there are in California. Like I'm counting nine, while like most European countries only have one, if they even have one. So how do you explain this? I mean, especially like when I take Norway as an example, they only have one club listed, but they have. Adam can probably tell me how many. How many Teslas are registered in um, in Norway? I'm not sure I have the figure straight up, but I think the the owners club in Norway has eight to nine thousand paying members, and they've been around for a while. So I mean, Norway is a bit different in the sense that we actually have a PR. I don't know if we have a PR department. We have a PR spokesperson. I know it's quite a controversial topic, at least in the Tesla Twitter community, whether that should be the case or not in the US. But it, you know. There is argument to say that it's worked in, in China and it definitely works in Norway, but the Owners Club here has been quite active, both in terms of uh, being in media, taking questions in the really early days of the EV movement. And it's it's a relevant player in in, um, in the landscape. But, you know, we are 5 million people. So I'm sure, you know, there's a suburb in California that has more people than, than we are. So it could make sense in terms of population size. There will be more clubs in, in California than in Norway. But... Um, it's it's I've I've recently joined it. I've known about it for years. I've seen some of their winter activity is quite uh, attractive, and I've, as an EV fan, appreciated it when they've been media to defend why we should be having some of the government incentives that enable the higher adaption rates to EVs. Um, I don't know if we need more clubs or no. I think the one we have is pretty good. I've I've known for them for a while, and I'm I'm a recent member, so I'm looking to. I'm actually looking to get more involved in it, John. So I, I know some of the people there, and I've, I've followed them for years. But how would one uh, well, get so, involved in the club to participate or to help out yeah, further? I would love to help out yeah. on delivery events, for instance. I think that's a very cool thing. Yeah. So, so if I back up, right? So to answer the California question of, like, why there's nine, uh, it's partially because we have 30 million people in the state. It's where Tesla is literally headquartered. Um, and then also, too, I think... Um, you know, just given what I see on the road, I mean, this this has to be one of the most dense populations in the world. Uh, maybe from a city perspective, obviously, you know, Norway from a country perspective, but there's just a ton of Teslas here. So it would make sense that you kind of break it up. Like San Jose, like, so Santa Clara County, I don't even know how many people are in Santa Clara County, but San Jose, which is in Santa Clara County, has a million people in itself. So, you know, we cover that span of really a, mainly all Santa Clara County. Um, but again, because the headquarters is here, you're just going to have a huge amount, right? So that's like, I think the big thing there is like, why is there nine? Like our club, we were, uh, San Francisco club had launched uh, a little bit after me. Um, 
And then there was our club, but you know, uh, there was members coming from North San Francisco, like North of the bridge. And then there was people even coming from like Oakland and kind of Fremont, but really like what we call the East Bay. And so we had some members that were coming to our events from those areas. And so we actually sent out those two clubs. So I would say like three of the nine, probably really four of the nine clubs that are out there um, have really, you know, our hand has played a role in helping launch. Um, But, you know, that kind of answers your, you know, your question of like, why is there nine? It's just because there's 30 million people. Um, And I think the countries are going to be like Europe. There's obviously a lot of countries. So it's going to, it's going to vary in how potentially there's a club for a whole country. I know, for example, New York state has one club and then a bunch of chapters. Uh, So maybe when California was started, that could have been the case, but ultimately, you know, when I think some of the clubs were started, it was kind of more like regional. And so they had like the Los Angeles, I think San Diego and then NorCal Reno. Um, so like if I was starting, I'm making this up. If I started Wisconsin, I could maybe start as a main chapter or sorry, a main hub. And then, you know, branch off whatever cities are, are out there. Um, like kind of like New York state. So it all can kind of be run differently, but California is huge because it's where it's the huge population of 30 million people. And then again, this is where the headquarters is. So there's that, but if you want to get involved, I think that's the big thing is, um, engage, I, the engage platform actually shows you all the events that are happening locally. Um, not only locally, but globally, sorry, I meant globally. And so, um, but really like, you know, reach out to, you know, your contact at the owner's club to see what they have going on. I do know every club is like, you know, th- their involvement with deliveries is, looks different. So what's happening in the Silicon Valley is not going to be true of even like, let's say Los Angeles and some of these, because they have different people in charge of those areas. And some of them, you know, are closely aligned. Like they want, you know, the club to be involved and some of them may not. So it just, it depends really on the relationships. So for us, you know, we tried to deeply embed our relationships in whatever way we can. Like, you know, we dropped off donuts, uh, just, just dropped off donuts and done various other things to just like, just kind of encourage them, especially when it's like chaos uh, at the end of the quarter. Cause literally like they're trying to deliver like crazy amount of cars in like just these last couple of days. Um, so again, every club is different, but definitely like, you know, every club, I think more, more so probably this, this quarter, especially because of the pandemic are involved in delivery. So I think it just kind of depends on like what geo you're in. Yeah. So you mentioned, I think uh, you had like over 3000 members in your club. So I'm curious, how do you handle this? Like, I assume you have a day job. So how much time do you have to invest like per week, per month to, to be the, the president of, of such a club? So I don't want to say that don't index on me. I probably spend too much time, <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> um, yeah, so I definitely have a day job. You know, I got three kids. Actually, uh, we have one <laughs> on the way, um, but it's kind of Thank you. Yeah. Uh, it's just been one of those where like, I love two things. I love technology and community. And so, you know, doing the owner's program was kind of like, I guess you could say my outlet, but kind of like that thing that I found that's like, just like my hobby. And so 
a lot of uh, this has just kind of become my hobby. But thankfully, again, really what it's about as you start an, own, an owner's club is about your leadership. If you don't build a good leadership, then you're going to get drained out. You're going to uh, get exhausted. And, you know, you may not be able to keep going at the same rate. So I'm probably one of those unicorns that's maybe, you know, over-indexing on that, but I enjoy it. Um, I enjoy, you know, helping out new members and uh, the community in what, kind of whatever way. Like, again, throwing up a GoFundMe takes five minutes, but then look at the impact that it can have. And so, um, yeah, I definitely have a day job. Thankfully, I've recently kind of transferred into a company where I can have, uh, you know, a better work-life balance, whereas before it wasn't the case. Um, but the big thing is, is just like, you know, really taking in waves and taking it day by day. Um, that's probably the biggest thing, but as far as our club, again, we built an infrastructure in a way that can handle that. Right. So we have like, uh, you know, Facebook, for example, people may not like that platform, but like, it's one of those, it, it, the reach is pretty, pretty mind boggling sometimes. Like we started our Facebook group what back in March and we have over 1100 you know people on it not all of them you would consider members but you know just the reach is there so it's really just about creating something where it you know it kind of fits for everyone so we may have too many but I think it works perfectly for us so we have slack we have google forum and then we have uh, facebook and they all actually have kind of different like micro cultures it's kind of funny, but um, I think that's the biggest thing, right? And then we use Squarespace for our, you know, our email list and everything else. And then obviously too, you know, we have uh, recently, we've had the reach with Engage, um, where I think we have like 500 approved members on that. So it's just uh, one of those things where it's just about, you know, building something that's scalable. That's the only way that, that you can do this. Otherwise, if you do a hack job, the next thing you know, you're just... You're over-indexing on the wrong things. Yeah, I think like uh, Adam was mentioning, as Tesla is growing uh, and everybody has their own figures for, you know, uh, 50% at least year over year uh, growth of of deliveries and cars, these clubs are going to get more massive. And I think this is where I think what you're mentioning, the... Uh, the importance of building the club right from the start will have a huge impact down the road. And I think, uh, you know, every club again is different in how they're going to play. So I'll speak for we Silicon Valley. We've always had this thing of like, we're going to build our own relevance. No one's going to help us doing it. We're going to, you know, we're empowered uh, through the owner's program in a bunch of various ways. But at the same time, like, we're not going to expect anything. Like, I'm not expecting a pat on the back or or all these things, we're going to create our own relevance and most importantly, uh, create our own way to uh, support the mission um, and really push things forward. And I think that's been the one thing, like, you know, I always entered into this thing of like, I'm not expecting anything from anybody, you know, it's just kind of literally this whole thing has just become what it yeah. is by just being organically what it is, I guess. Is the, I don't even know how to say it, but yeah, out of your exactly. passion, your yep. leadership, you're building uh, a community, a fam, as you like to call it. Yep. And uh, and yeah, and doing good good work, good stuff, both yeah. for the community and for the company and for the mission, so on and so forth. Yeah, exactly. And so if you if you know, you'll start to see some of it. I mean, it's just in, every day, right? It's irrespective of um, the club. It's uh, club in general. I'm just saying, like, you'll always kind of ultimately see people's intentions. 
And so our intention has always been to be here for the community. And so hopefully people can see that people are going to say whatever they're going to say. Um, but ultimately, like we're here to, to help the community, uh, to help the owners specifically in our area. That's like our focus is on making sure that our owners here have the best experience ever, have any knowledge gaps that they have that, you know, we help remove those gaps in whatever way we can. Um, but ultimately, like we're here for the community. And so, you know, that's why I kind of always say uh, one of the purest ways to be involved in the community is through the owner's program. That's just, you know, if, you, if you're not a test owner or whatever, like if you are a test owner, it's like one of the, the great ways to be involved. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of something I mentioned out there, but not, all, not always necessarily true because there's obviously other ways to get involved in the community. I, I, yeah. So sorry, Alex, go no, go go ahead, Adam. No, like I, I, I'll confess. I, I drive motorcycles that are non-electric, and, and I enjoy that occasionally. Um, but when you, for instance, purchase a Harley, right? They make this huge deal that you become a hog, a Harley owners group member, and they promote that quite actively in the sale process. And you get all these flyers when you do that. They, uh, you are admitted to buy the specialty apparel, and you can join these events. Um. I'm admittedly picking up uh, another, a Model Y next week, but nothing I've received so far. There's the instruction videos and there's the context transformation or the delivery, which is great. But does does do you guys get does Tesla sort of promote you at the purchasing point uh, or at the delivery point rather? Have there ever been sort of a flyer that follows with the car saying, "Hey, if you want to get engaged, check out Engage for your local club." Or is that something that hasn't been brought on the table? Because I think so, coming into the community, I find it so supportive. It represents all the good things that I want with the mission. Uh, and I think if we could link people straight up to it immediately, that would be great. Yeah, so it really kind of, to be honest, with especially with how big Tesla has become, it really is kind of more geographically and regionally. And it's about those relationships because as we all know, it's not like there's a PR or marketing department per se. So it's really kind of like once you become that official partner, it's really kind of about inserting yourself into that community so that like, yeah, you know, when the, you know, you're, you're talking with um, a service of a sales advisor or the service center that they can do that plug for you. Um, but again, the kind of engage platform was kind of like that way of like organic or Tesla owner, Tesla.com backslash owners club. Um, but ultimately, um, really Tesla wants kind of, uh, the community to happen organically, right. Um, to kind of just happen, um, you know, obviously Tesla doesn't promote the, the actual clubs, but, uh, some showrooms will. So kind of just, again, some showrooms will, some service centers will. So, uh, but really I think kind of back to Tesla's nature and kind of who they are, right. Is they want it to happen organically. Okay, so we've been going at it for like 53 minutes. And I know, like we said, around an hour and we haven't had any Q&A time. So if people, you have questions for John, uh, please feel free to click on the little call-in button at, um, on your bottom tray. It's a little telephone and you can ask your questions. So come on, people. I'm sure you got questions for John. Come on up. Well, they do that. I, I'd also like to ask John, sort of, they've seen many cool things around the world from different various clubs. Some of them, you know, go driving in the ice lakes in Scandinavia. And what's some of the coolest stuff you've seen done by other clubs, John? Yeah, I think um, there's one in the Midwest where they do that huge track day. 
they've done that where they've I think gotten like minimum like a hundred cars. Um, I a lot of the stuff uh, actually in Europe, you guys do some pretty big things like whether it's like just like these these takeovers and these drives, obviously through some of the most scenic places in the world. Um, and then I'm trying to think. Um, those are probably, and then some of the obviously you guys have seen some of the stuff that even the Taiwan Club, <laughs> the, those guys are on another level. Uh, what they do, um, and so you know, obviously, just kind of those are some of the things that kind of come. Cool. Uh, we have Amy as a caller. You're up. Okay, I'm testing out these headphones. Can you hear me? No. Okay. Yes, we can hear you. Um, I recently had a friend in Germany ask me if they have a club, but it's not a Tesla owner's club. It's a EV, Tesla EV and friends club kind of thing. And he's wanting to help out with the deliveries. Is there anyone he can get in contact with there that you know of? Or who would he get in touch with? I, I think there's a Germany club now. Um, I could be wrong, uh, but I would say just definitely check that Tesla.com backslash owners club to see if there's anyone there. That would probably be like the first stop. Otherwise, again, um, obviously that seems like it's a different club or whatever. It, they need to, that organization right. probably needs to go build a relationship with the sales advisors there. It's not going to come down from like Tesla official, hey, you know, work with this club, right? Right. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Amy. If there are any more questions, please call in now, or we're going to wrap this up real soon. Last chance. And while we're waiting and giving people a chance to call in, I just really want to thank John for taking time today to, to like share with us his experience and educate uh, our listeners to the Owners Club of Silicon Valley and also to uh, all the other clubs a little bit, how, how the people can join and get in touch with them and participate in the community. Yeah, it was good to get in a deep dive for sure. Thank you, John. Yeah. Awesome work, Mike. Thank you so much, John, for taking the Yes. Time. And and follow him on lots of information. I know you mentioned lots of platforms, Facebook, so on. But yeah, the main one, I think where I get most of my info, what's happening with the Owners Club is uh, the Tesla Silicon Valley Club, which is the handle is at Tesla Owners SV. So give John a follow there and uh, you'll, you'll be kept apprised of everything that's going on. Yeah. Well, thanks for, thanks for having for me. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, if anyone else is in like an owner's club, you know, reach out to your local clubs and just see if they need help for the end of quarter push. I know this is going to be a big end of the quarter for Tesla and they're certainly probably going to be swamped. So you can certainly use the extra help. Yeah, I have a very important question, John. From a scale from 1 to 37, how awesome is Tesla Watch? Let's get this once and for all. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what was the question? I think you <laughs> Well, on a scale from 1 to 37, how awesome is Tesla Watch? Tesla Love? Oh. Tesla Raj. No, Tesla oh, Raj. Tesla Love. Raj, man. No, 37. Yeah, no, he's. Uh, <laughs> I knew that guy when he had 200 subs. I remember he hit me up. I love that. Uh, yeah. I remember. Yeah. So he's, and then again, he helped me uh, last year when we were rolling, when we were doing some of the videos on, um, on FSD beta. So he's just been a huge, uh, huge friend of mine personally and just to the club. And 
a huge resource. He's put out actually a lot of the videos that have gone out. I would say three fourths of them have been stuff that he's helped out with. So if there's a 55 score out of 37, I'd give him that. <laughs> I want to say, I'm going to shout out to him and also the video that you guys post, the very first video of you getting into the FSD cart. That's one of my favorite Tesla YouTube videos of all time. That's hilarious. That, yeah, I would say That's that was probably one of my favorite nights of all time. <laughs> that was epic. Yeah, I mean, and that was just raw emotion as far as like, you, you know, so you, you, you get FSD, right? And you literally, you know, at least in the Model X, you know, you double tap, right, you know, forward. And you literally kind of don't know what's going to happen, right? You know, you're kind of used to autopilot. But literally being on a street, and literally having cars on the side, it's like probably one of the most mind boggling things. Like, I did a, uh, a 20 mile drive this morning. Uh, you know, going to, going to someone's house. And I was like, just thinking, I was like, even at where it's currently at, it's still mind blowing that literally a car is driving me. And I had, I think two disengagements. One was human error, uh, just cause I was holding on the wheel as it was turning. And so it accidentally disengaged. And then one where I just had to like, you know, correct it. But like, it's just mind blowing that literally a car can do even what it can, even in its current state today, it's just mind boggling. But yeah, that was like literally one of those things where you turn on, you know, you turn on something and you literally don't know what's going to happen. Right. And in a lot of ways, like a car that's driving you is, is, is scary, but like, it's just crazy that, um, you know, you're trusting it, obviously being alert at the same time, but that was like a really cool, really. Yeah, that 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 one was for the for history, like that video with Raj. You both were like like schoolgirls, like <laughs> giggling and like going out of your minds when it started moving by itself. Yeah, I remember that one. All right, everybody. So uh, we're going to wrap it up. Thanks you all for for joining us uh, this evening. And uh, yeah, the the episode will be published, so you can uh, share it and create highlights and give everybody a follow, uh, f subscribe to the, to, to the podcast, and we'll catch you later. Thank you all for, for being here. You too, John. Thanks a lot. Thank